Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. This is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. You're on 94.9 Main FM and you're with Sarah Bignall. This is the community radio show where we bring you the latest on Yowie research in Australia and we delve into the vast and endlessly fascinating realm of Bigfoot, Sasquatch and cryptozoology from here and around the world. We go into all sorts of weird stuff, paranormal encounters, UFO sightings too. And don't forget, this is a community radio show, which means you're all part of this Yowie Central and Main FM community. You're all welcome to contact me if you've had a Yowie encounter or you've had freaky experiences in the bush with orbs, min-min lights, UFOs or anything else kooky and spooky. Get in touch with me via yowiecentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group if you have a story to share. This week, we're talking to Tom, who had a very frightening Yowie encounter as a teenager and has had other strange encounters happen to him later in life too. You might remember Jessie Turner, who's been on Yowie Central a few times in the past. In my first chat with him early 2020, he recounted Yowie encounters that happened to him and a group of friends in the Pitwater Basin in New South Wales. So this week's guest, Tom, was one of the friends who was there with Jesse, and Tom is going to share his version of those encounters. Just to refresh your memory, I thought I'd play you a short extract of my chat with Jesse first, and then we'll hear from Tom. So, listeners, first up, here's Jesse. You mentioned in your email uh, one that happened when you were a young fella and you were at, was it Pit, the basin at Pittwater, just north of Sydney? That's the one. Funnily enough, I've just heard about a couple more that people I know have had recently. Oh, great. Oh, really? Recently? Um, yeah. Um, pretty, it's wacky. You know, once you start paying attention to it, it all starts coming out. Yeah. Um, oh, I'd love to talk to them. If anyone, if you know anybody else who's who's had encounters and, and wants to wants to have a chat, wants to 
the thing is, I guess I do two things. I do the Yowie Essential show, which is a different, slightly different format and a bit more relaxed, but I also do the Australian Yowie Research Eyewitness Interviews, which is all about documenting what happens so that, you know, that it, it, it's so on the record and it's serious and exactly and um yeah and it's it's data that can be used to put forward a case absolutely uh, I guess I'll start with the basin one because I didn't know anything about this stuff at the time and this one this one shook me up but I didn't know anything about it so I, I palmed it off and since then there's been others and since I read the books it all sort of came together but basically we were at the basin we were 16 or 17 I'm 31 now so you know. I figured it out before, I can't remember roughly what time it was, but at the basin, I believe there was a billboard up and it basically talked about the local basin devil and how it, funnily enough, um, usually it's only the children in the area who see it, which is a pretty standard, um, you know, hominid thing. They're, they're attracted to children. Yeah. Anyway, so that that was kind of fun, you know, talking about it's there and, you know, we just sort of palmed it off as whatever and I knew a bloke who used to tell me about the Dooliger and he'd done the Dooliger walk and things like that. What's the Dooliger Walk? And, oh, so apparently a Mount Dooliger, I think it's called Dooliger, um, there's a walk you can do and there's stories about people who do the walk and it's Aboriginal land and I think only only male. So it's something to do with um, one of the genders. If they walk off the trail, they're likely to go missing sort of thing. So he, right. he knew about that sort of stuff. Well, uh, Dooliger, did you it. know that Dooliger is one of the Aboriginal words for hairy man? Yes, yes, yeah. I do, yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't know that at the time. You know, it's one of those things where you hear about, uh, you know, a spooky critter in certain areas and you never sort of connect them. And the whole idea that these things might be real is a, is a bit of a paradigm shift. It's a whole different <laughs> sort of thought process. Yeah. Anyway, so this guy knew about it and his his parents were sort of adventurers. They were archaeologists. So he'd been exposed to a lot of this stuff. But I don't think he ever connected the two. Anyway, so we're there. It was 16, 17. And, um, you know, just sort of having a great time. We're camping there and there's other people there. So we set up a camp and the first night we got rotten drunk and had really good fun and great fun. <laughs> um, next day, me and my friend Tom M, we decided to climb the mountain. So we went up the the track that I think goes to the other beaches. There's a there's a bit where there's like a – it's like, it's like a, a running stream, waterfall, creek thing that comes down – and it actually cuts through the rocks. There's like a mini cave. So we thought, oh, this is a wicked spot to go up. So we climbed through the cave and started going up. And we basically got to the top. And Tom was on a, like a, a rock landing below me. I was a bit higher, just sort of standing there like a dork, kicking rocks and stuff. <laughs> and um, I heard this almighty crashing. Um, and you know when that stuff happens, like since then I've lived in Wise and Surrey, when a tree comes down or lightning strikes near you, you put your arms next to your body and sort of freeze, and you you try and track the sound in those heartbeats. That happened. So I looked over, and there was a really big tree branch. When I looked at it, it must have been at least still nine foot in the air as it was dropping, but it was coming down horizontally, which is weird. So my eyes tracked that, and I was looking at it, and I remember thinking, oh, it's just a branch coming down. But then in my peripheral vision, there was a big black thing, and I didn't see any form. All I saw was a black blur in my vision that was ripping through Lantana, really thick stuff. And I still remember the sound of the stomps as it took off from two feet, big, big, thick stomps. And in those heartbeats, I was frozen going, what, what is this? And I think, cause when I was, when we were kids, we used to play in Lantana. I know you can't run through it. If you try and get through it, you have to lift your legs up sort of over and try and get them in between the bits. But this was running straight through it big foot stomps and I was sort of just frozen still and I didn't really move because I was trying to figure out what it was at the time I never considered myself to be versed on the animals in Australia and that sort of stuff so I didn't really I was trying to think what it could be and then it stopped dead maybe 20 meters away and that's when I really got the heebie-jeebies because it's sort of feeling like it was like this thing's thinking it just you know if it was a, a critter running away you know, you can usually hear them scuttling off, but this this sort of got a distance and then stopped, stopped dead. And so I thought, oh, my fuck. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here, but I got to go. So I've, <laughs> I started scampering down the rock, and I didn't tell my friend Tom. I've realized something's up, and I'm not I'm not, uh, not digging it, so 
I started scampering down the rock and my mate Tom there, he was just sort of, you know, peeking around. He's seen me coming down the rock like a banshee and said, what's up? I said, we've got to go. Um, I didn't want to tell him any more than that because I didn't know what was going on. But he, he picked up the vibe and when I look back on it, it sort of reminds me of when, uh, you know, when you're kids and you're scared of the dark and so one person speeds up and the other one speeds up more and then next thing you know, you're, you're racing trying to not be the one in the back. It was like that. So <laughs> we're rip, ripping down the mountain and onlookers might have thought we were falling. So we were just blasting down the mountain, bush bashing. And then funnily enough, we got to this crevice and we came either side of it to go climb down it and um, just happened to scare a lyrebird that was in between it. I didn't even know what lyrebirds were at the time. And the buggers shot straight up into our faces and flapped us in the heads. Oh, so, that so would have we, given you such a fright. Oh, and we screamed. We both of us. We like, <laughs> in hindsight, we're probably lucky the lyrebird was there because we might have butted heads <laughs> as we were trying to get through this thing. Anyway, so we ripped down. I don't remember. I remember sort of telling him what had happened, but didn't know anything about this stuff and, you know, knew that I didn't know much about the bush, so I sort of just palmed it off. Um, so off we went, continuing to have a fun. And the next night, this same Tom M and Lachlan, both tall dudes even at that age, they knew some girls who were over at a beach that you can access through a track. So they decided they'd go over there. So they had a few drinks and just before dusk they took off. So we were sitting around the campfire because you could book book the spot. So we're sitting there. Next thing I know, they've run up out of the darkness, which actually scared us because they shot up in there and – basically fell to their knees crying and um, all they could say is there's something out there. And that really gave me the GBs too because Lachlan, he's not the sort of bloke to show any emotion. He doesn't – it's not it's not him. You know, he's sort of – he's all about keeping his his shit together, I guess. But, yeah, they were they were a mess. Um, Did they say they what they us, saw? Yeah, so basically they'd been walking the track, I think two little flashlights. The, the basics of it are – they're walking along and they start hearing something keeping track with them in the sides, to the sides, just out of the lamplight. You know, so this went on for a while and then they told me that it was doing stuff like it would go up in front of them, cross the road just out of the lamplight so they could see. They, they said to me it looked like it was really down really low, like it was crawling across the road. Um, and it'd do that and then they'd hear it behind them crossing the road again. So it was like doing laps around them. Basically, they went on for a while. In the end, they sort of uh, – one of them was crying. I won't say who. Um, they, they really, yeah. It would be really – it's, 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 it's not a character flaw if you're, if you're crying because you're terrified because there's something circling, circling you in the dark out in the bush. Yeah. <laughs> Perfectly yeah, good I mean, time to cry, I reckon. <laughs> since, yeah, absolutely. And since I've been thinking about it, there's nothing on hell or earth that would stop – Two young blokes from going and chasing chicks. Oh. Um, <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, so, <laughs> so for them to come running back crying, this really rattled them. It really got up their goat. And so and basically they said that that kept going on and they started crying and just had to come back. And so it happened the whole way back. I don't know if they ran or not. I think they sort of felt like, if I remember correctly, they felt like they shouldn't. Anyways, they got back. They were crying. One of them won't talk about it anymore. The other one is actually currently on a property. I probably shouldn't say where, but he's been getting a lot of action lately, uh, a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, he and a friend are up there on a big property and they've been building cars and, you know, getting bigger and bigger cars and using more and more tools. And I guess I just wanted to sort of tell you what I had and keep you updated because basically this property, I'm going to get up there and see if I can interact and see what's going on. I've asked them to keep a diary of what happens and when. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That'd be great. The basics of it are they, they're getting, you know, out of nowhere, something will smack the side of the shed while it's, they're in there and, and they'll hear these huge rumbles. They actually went off into the scrub up into the mountain and got lost. And while they're up there, you know, they didn't feel right. They were lost. They were scared, all this sort of stuff. Funnily enough, uh, Tom M talks about how they sat down for a second and he just fell asleep. Just he just went into this deep sleep, and the other guy was there trying to wake him up. Yeah, I mean, if you look in the Tony Healy books, the Aboriginal law is that they'll try and put you to sleep, and that's yeah. when they come get you. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I imagine is actually probably a response to infrasound. Exactly. Yeah. Which would explain why one of them got it and not the other. But the other guy was really panicked. He's trying to wake Tom up. He just wouldn't wake up. 
And so in the end, he's basically slapping him and up he got. So they kept trying to get back. Whilst that was happening, I do remember him telling me that there was a point there where they were nearly back and then they heard they heard one of these things crashing down the mountain like a bowler and then one on the other side too, if I remember correctly. Right. Um, do you reckon either, either of those guys would talk to me? Absolutely. So I spoke to Tom and I mentioned it to him that I was going to speak to you. And he said, yeah, cool. No worries. He's yeah. a really good guy. I've known him 16 years. Yeah, I'd love to talk and, to you him. Know, that'd, be, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. he, was, he was there on the trail, you know. But, yeah, so basically they're getting this action going on. So, he, so, so hang on, just to clarify. So he was one of the guys that was there when you were, when you were young and, and you – That's right. Yeah, 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 right. Yep. That's right. And he, was, um, he was one of the guys who came back crying? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah, so he, um, he's got stuff going on now. So that's partly why I got in contact with you because I'm going to get up there and he's cool with it and we're going to try and interact with him if we can. Awesome. Be careful. Um, but, um, yeah. yeah, let me know what happens. That's exciting. And that was an extract from my first chat with Jesse Turner. You're listening to Yowie Central on 94.9 Main FM. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, here's Jesse's friend Tom with his version of what happened to him. So I'm talking to you because your gorgeous friend Jesse Turner contacted me just over a year ago and was explaining some uh, sightings and encounters that you had with Yowies back when you were 16, 17 years old. And uh, I just, I really wanted to hear your, because Jesse's told me what happened for him, but I'd love to hear what happened for you in those experiences. So if you want to just, Tell me, tell me the stories. I know there's a couple of them, but just tell, walk me through, you know, what, what your encounters and experiences were in as much detail as you can remember. And then I'll, I'll try not to interrupt you too much and then I'll ask you some questions. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> All right. So the one when you spoke to Jesse the first time, that was a trip that we had all had back when we were about 17 or 18 to the basin in the Karingai National Park. Mm-hmm. We decided, I think it was a long weekend, we'd caught the ferry over to there, and on the ferry ride over, I'd seen a friend of mine, and she was with a couple of her friends, and we decided that myself and my friend, who I'll probably leave his name out because he doesn't, he still doesn't like talking about this story. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But we decided that we would make a trip uh, on a track that we'd found on a map to meet them at a different campsite that they'd stay, like they were staying at that night. So... We set off, my friend and I, uh, probably just at like sunset, and it turns out we'd taken completely the wrong track. We had no idea where we were going, but we'd walked for about, I think, probably about an hour and a half, maybe an hour and 45 minutes, and we'd come to a fork in the road, and we'd sort of like kind of lost. We'd figured that if we went to the right of the fork, we'd most likely come down to what beach we thought they were staying at. And that just sort of led us on a path to what sort of turned into a goat track and came to a cliff. So by this point, it was pretty dark. We figured 
we've been walking for you know probably about two hours now might as well just turn back we'll give it a miss we'll just go back to the campsite so as we were walking back we're trying to find the fork again and we could hear things walking around we just sort of figured this is most likely just nocturnal animals out having a feed and sort of left it at that we finally found the fork again and we went to turn back the way we'd come and just make our way back to camp and at this point i looked turned around with just this little torch that i had and looked down the path that we decided not to go and there was something very strange it looked like a boulder at first sitting in the middle of the path probably about 10 15 meters down the track and I only looked at it for a little bit but as I was staring at it it became more apparent that this looked like a stocky sort of overweight really pale like a figure that was on its side with its back to us sort of in the fetal position and I turned to my mate and I tapped him on the shoulder and I said do you, do you see this and he looked back he put his like dolphin torch on it and it's gone nothing there so i was like okay this is this is strange this is weird but just figured i just tricked myself whatever we'll just keep walking back now as we were walking probably got about 10 minutes away from the fork heading back to the campsite and we start hearing something if you imagine drawing like an angled line behind us to the right going back we start hearing something back off in the tree line now this is pretty thick with trees and bush but we can hear it crunching through the leaves and like pushing bushes aside and it sounded bipedal like it sounded like two feet crunching its way sort of keeping pace with us and following us but we turn around and put our torches like where we were hearing this and you just couldn't see anything like you, for how thick the tree line was, you just couldn't see. We just figured again, like that's strange, but it's probably just an animal, and we're just sort of overthinking it. But it it just followed us for ages, maybe like five ten minutes. We could just hear it right there, and we started thinking, oh, you know, it's most likely going to be the boys. They've followed us in, and they're going to try and you know, like jump out and scare us at some point. We'll just, you know, punch him in the chest and be like, oh, you got us, you know. But then we realized we told them that we probably weren't going to be back until like early the next morning. So it's a pretty big hike for them to follow us and us not hear it. So we're like, all right, if it's not that, is that like a human? Is this some, just some man that's been following us? So we're kind of a little bit freaked out and stressed at that point. But we we just sort of walked a bit faster, figured whatever it is, we'll just get some distance between us and it. And then it just never left. It was right there, but sort of edging on getting closer and closer to us, like coming out of the tree line. It's pitch black by now. So all we have is these little really crappy torches. And it just closer and closer to the point where we figured let's just start jogging a bit this at this point it made this noise so i'm not even gonna like try to attempt to replicate it but if you imagine like a sort of a really labored guttural laughing that's sort of the sound so i don't know has anybody ever described anything like that on the channel like a like a laughing sound. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've heard that before. Um, we've heard lots of different reports of kind of chatter, uh, noises that sound like perhaps there are, somebody's communicating but the words can't be made out. The, the guttural – I'm just trying to picture that in my head too, the guttural laughing. So not like – not exactly like a laugh, but it was like sort of spaced out, really laboured breaths. It was – close to a laugh it's yeah like i said it's really hard to was it was it a describe deep, what it was deep sound yeah yeah 
And it was so. Was so when, if I'm going, to, if I'm going to laugh, ha ha ha. That then it yeah. was something, but but a was it more huffy, like a yeah, exactly, like sort of the spacing out that you just did, but deeper. Huh, huh, huh. Yeah, <laughs> it probably doesn't sound but, anything yeah. like it, but it would, but I'm, I guess I'm trying to capture the speed <laughs> of it and picture it in my head. So yeah, it was pretty much like that, but. Oh, just a horrible, horrible sound. So we started, you know, running now. We're not jogging. We're like, it spooked us pretty good. We start just running down this track and we can hear it again. Now it's keeping pace with us, but it's trying to get parallel to us. And for what it would have to have been traveling through, like through that dense bush and these, like the really close together spaced out trees, it, I don't know how the hell it like a human definitely couldn't do it, but it just, it must've been so fast and just so agile through the tree line. Yeah. We, we were getting properly spooked. So as we're running, it's making this noise maybe like two or three times more, but that's probably the last we actually heard it make a sound, but it got to the point where it was, right next to us behind us and we'd start to hear it come onto the actual track so right running behind us it'd get close and then it would back off and we didn't dare turn around with the torches and look at this thing we just figured we've got to go and it did that maybe two or three times proper proper sprinting by this point we just wanted nothing to do with whatever it was but this is the thing that I think really sort of got to my mate and it scared me pretty good. It would start running alongside us on the right. It would go past us and then it would jump the track and then it would come back on the left and just circle us. And bear in mind, we are sprinting as hard as we can. And this thing is just circling us. And I don't know any animal that would do that. I don't know any animal that would stalk something and then make a sound and sort of like, announce that it's there and then toy with you so that that got us pretty good so this went on for like a good three quarters of the track all the way back and at like the last quarter we just sort of kept sprinting we finally got back to this it's like a concrete corrugated ramp that's like the access to this road that we've taken we saw that and we just sort of made a beeline straight to where the guys were at the campfire. And I grabbed my friend and I was like, there's something out there. Something is chasing us. My mate collapsed in front of the fire and all the boys were like, Oh, you know, whatever, come on. And then apparently Jesse said they saw our faces and they were like, what the hell? Is it a guy? And we were like, nah, that's, that's not human, whatever that is. And yeah, my mate doesn't like talking about it to this day. Jesse said he's tried to ask him a few times, but, yeah, I don't blame him. It was, it was pretty wild. No, I don't, I don't blame him either. How frightening! How terrifying! So I'm just picturing, you know, you're, 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 you guys are both sprinting when, when you realise that this, this being, this creature is sort of running ahead, and then did you hear it actually jump over the track? So what you'd hear was you'd hear it make ground in front of you through the tree line, just sort of crashing through and then you'd hear like the trees up in front of you on the right you'd hear something break through it and then do the same on the left like as if it was just running as fast as it could from where all the scrub was on the right to the left and then back around you and it sounded like it wasn't two two creatures there you reckon it was just the one well that's what i thought at first, like thinking back on it, but it really just sounded like one, one thing. And you could hear it could while it's running behind you, and you know, in your words, like to- toying with you. Could you hear it any breathing or any other noise from it? So not really. Like over ourselves, sprinting and panting. We couldn't really. Yeah. Hear, and your heart's anything, pounding. But you could definitely hear when it was right behind us on the track, you could hear like it sounded big, whatever it was. The footsteps, 
the like sort of pounding coming up like close to you and then backing off we were like what this this doesn't sound like you know a wild pig or something like this just it it was two feet and it was bloody fast right right how scary yeah. and so and you didn't notice any smell no i've i've thought about that before because i know a lot of people say that when they have stuff like this happen that there's that real what is it like burnt wire and stuff uh-huh well some people smell. yeah some people say they they can smell like a sulfuric smell or yeah. a bakelite a burnt electrical smell um other people say it smells more like rotten you know dead meat um rotten eggs yeah there's a there's no, a variety we, but they're all sort of the similar just really disgusting unpleasant even to, you know so bad that it makes you want to makes you want to vomit no, we didn't have anything like that. It was more just, it was just really apparent that this thing was at first, like, just chasing us and then toying with us, which, like, that sort of, I, I know that that shook my mate up because it got to me pretty bad. And just that awful feeling of, for how fast this thing was, like, at any point in time that this was happening, we knew it could just, Whatever it was could just come and grab us. So we would, as fast as we could, just trying to get away from it. And and it would take quite a bit to, I imagine, you know, strapping young leg, lads at the, you know, 16, 17 years old, you'd, especially at that age, you think you're pretty t- strong and tough at that age, you, it, to to frighten you to the point where, well, even your your friend still doesn't want to talk about it very much. That's That's... That takes oh, hell some yeah. scaring, like, yeah. You feel immediately like a little kid. Mm. Like, you just know that whatever this thing is, it's if it wants to, you're done. Like, yeah. it could just, it would have no problem. No problem at all. And that was the thing, like, we were moving fast. Like, we weren't, like, super athletic, but always on our bikes to go anywhere. Like, fit. We were, we were young, but not, like... No, it's hard to explain. No, you but the fitness of of young kids because they they're yeah. full of beans and they do lots of exercise because the, yeah, it's you are generally, you know, most kids are pretty fit at that age. I don't I still don't know what animal could do that and it didn't sound like any animal I've ever heard of. Doesn't but, sound like any of the animals in the Australian bush to me. Uh, no. Other other than you know our mysterious hairy friends. It doesn't really yeah. sound like any any animal, and it doesn't sound like a human being either. No, no. <laughs> Ooh, scary. <laughs> so, what did you guys do? What did you guys do when you got back to the to the other blokes, to Jesse and and the other guy, and obviously terrified? And and Jesse mentioned that that one of you was was in tears. You were so frightened. What what, what uh, did you guys do for the rest of the like- night? Probably both of us were like welled up in the eyes. Like it was, we were really, really freaked out. Like getting chased for that long and just being completely out of breath. And yeah, yeah, I remember I just pretty much grabbed a bottle of water and went to my tent. I think my mate stayed up with everybody else for a while, but I was, I pretty much had enough of that night. But the next day, because we never ended up making it, to meet these girls at the other beach. Jesse and I had decided we'd just go for a bit of a wander up one of the mountainsides there. And I'd try and get some reception and just give them a text or a call and just be like, hey, sorry, we tried to get there. And as we were like up there, Jesse probably, I think he wandered off further up the mountain, about 25 meters away from me. And I was just sitting on some rocks trying to get my phone to work. And I hear this big commotion. I hear like something smash and then I just hear Jesse bounding down the hill like hurtling over rocks and stuff coming towards me and he's just calling out run and he said that a branch had landed like right next to him a big thick branch and he'd straight away he looked around and tried to see if any of the trees immediately near him had like a break on him like the splintering of a big branch breaking off there's just nothing he said he looked over and he could see a what he says is like a black figure, probably I think just a little bit taller than him, just running off. And that's when he just came straight to me 
And after what had happened the night before, I wasn't going to question why he was saying run. I was just like, all right, let's go. <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame you. Yeah. He, I, I was actually just re-listening to the chat that I had and I, he mentioned that. He also mentioned, was there a point where your other mate couldn't wake you up? Um, that you were in oh, a that deep was, sleep? That was a different time. That was like probably about two years ago. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, tell me that story. Yeah, my mate's got like a property with a mountain on it, which is pretty sick. It's like 80 acres. And one night there was, I think it it was like 20,000 lightning strikes for this electrical storm that was in Sydney. And this is up in, the property's up in the Lower Hunter and the mountain behind it, we could see all of this like lightning strike going on so we figured uh, we'll make our way up to the top of the mountain maybe we can you know sort of find somewhere after where it plateaus that we could see back to sydney and just watch it with a pretty cool view so it takes about an hour to get to the top to just look out part of the mountain we went up there we started walking into the tree line where the top plateaus we walked for about an hour and then realized we were lost so we didn't have any phone battery. We only had one little crappy torch. We didn't have much water either. So after we'd gotten turned around a little bit, we were like, all right, we better make our way back, you know, back to the house. And then we realized we have no idea which way back is. I think I'm pretty sure it was like nine hours that we were lost that night. Which is That's a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, from when we'd left to when we got back, it was about nine hours. So we knew that if we followed one of the gullies, it would eventually take us back to his property. But we knew that if we'd walked down the wrong one, we were walking off into pretty much just endless bush. So we just made a decision and headed down one. We had to climb down like a couple of waterfalls and stuff, which was not the best in like the pitch black with a little torch. <laughs> no, yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, and then we we got to like this nice sort of like open bit and we figured if we're walking the wrong like the wrong way, we have to wait till the morning. Wait till we got a bit of sun so we can actually try and pick a landmark and get back. So we were just tossing up whether or not we were actually just gonna make a little camp there and wait or whether we'd keep walking. And I just lay down put my backpack under my head and closed my eyes for a second. And then I woke up because I felt rain on my face. Like it felt like I just blinked and I felt rain. I was like, okay, we can't stay here. If it's going to start bucketing down, if that storm from Sydney has made its way up here, like this is going to be a nightmare. I shoot up. My friend jumps up at the same time and we're like, all right, we're going to make a move. We eventually found our way back down the gully after a few more little like small waterfall climbs back to his fence line and we were just like oh hell yeah this is this is great we go to his shed stupidly we're just like alright we gotta celebrate open a little bottle of Jameson have a few shots and a laugh about <laughs> how we almost got lost for like god knows how long and at that point he was like you know you were asleep for a while and I was like what are you talking about and he was like man okay you were asleep for like 20 minutes. At first, I was just like letting you have a rest, but I heard something walk up on us. So I was like shaking you. He said he could hear something walking from behind us, like just sort of just creeping around. And then as it was getting closer and closer, he was like, all right, at first, he could have passed it off as being like a roo walking around. You know how they go back leg, front leg, and it could sound like two feet. But he was like, nah, that's either a very big human or something else with, you know, two legs coming towards us. He didn't want to make a bunch of noise. So he was just sort of like under his breath trying to like say, wake up, wake up. And he grabbed, he said, my shoulder and like the knee of my pants and started shaking me. And I was just out. And then eventually I just popped up and God knows what was walking up on us. And that's really out of character for me to just fall asleep out of nowhere. I don't yeah. usually do that. I have, you know, I'm usually up pretty late. It wouldn't have been maybe because you'd, you know, you'd been 
awake most of the night climbing no, up and down we waterfalls and stuff. Up and pretty wired. <laughs> like, yeah, we were pretty determined to get back. So we were less, like, as we were sort of like trudging through the bush and stuff, we weren't super exhausted. We were just sort of determined to not have to sleep there and not just be done with the night. So, no, like, I, I don't remember being tired at all. I just sat down, pulled the water bottle out of my bag, put the bag under my head, and gone. It made, and Jesse's um, got a couple of theories about, like, infrasound and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Um, yeah. Because there, there are lots of reports of people describing that different, it seems to affect different people in different ways, and maybe it depends on the, the, the being that's emitting the infrasound, if indeed that's what's happening. Um, but, but for some people they feel almost uh, paralysed and some people feel like they're in a bit of a dream state and they everything sort of slows down um, but they, they can't move. Um, other people report feeling violently ill but quite a, lot, quite a lot of the reports do talk about that feeling paralysed and feeling sleepy and not feeling like they can move at all. As soon as I woke up, I was like, not not drowsy, not feeling like, oh god, here we go again. Like, you know, I was just like, oh okay, we're back to it. We gotta gotta keep moving. And, ha- like, and I had, had no idea that I'd been asleep for at any period of time. Yeah, right. And had had that the whatever was was approaching you and walking around you then, did that just wander off? Did it follow you for well, a while? That's the thing. My mate didn't tell me until we got back. Right. Until we were back there, so I'd, he'd he'd heard something getting closer to us, and that's when he started like properly trying to wake me up. And as soon as I was up, we just got moving because I'd figured it was going to rain. I didn't hear anything follow us, and we were making a fair bit of noise, like putting everything back in the backpacks and you know setting off again, you know, sort of pushing through bushes and all that stuff for me to hear anything walking around. But no, like. I, I didn't hear a thing after that. I just woke up and got back to moving. So it'd be cool. Like, I wish I could say I heard or saw something, but yeah, that's. <laughs> you or you, you, yeah, you just got to go on what you heard and saw. What you heard and saw. There's no, there's no point. I mean, there are lots of people out there, you know, creating hoaxes of this kind of thing, but um, there's not much point in doing that, really. Yeah. No, I don't don't see the point in that either. But that's the thing, isn't it? It'd be really out of character for my mate to just make it up. Like if he was trying to spook me or something, I think he would have done it while we were out there. Yeah. And rather um, than tell yeah, you when you got home, do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes but, sense. Yeah, like there's uh, very very strange that one. And there's been a couple of times like that up at that place, like. There's a bunch of dogs. Some of them were meant to be pigging dogs, but they just ended up being like too friendly and goofy. <laughs> and they live at the house. And there's, if they hear something outside, usually it's like a group of like a family of ponies that share the land between two properties. They just let them roam. And when the dogs hear those at night, like they'll go nuts. They'll run out to the balconies and they'll try and bark at them. They'll do it like at midnight, 2 a.m. Like if they just hear them walking around, like the dogs will try and get to them there's been a couple of times where the dogs will be very very scared that something is outside like they'll be really tentative of going towards any of the windows or the doors to the balcony and yeah there's been one or two times where my mate has woken me up at like two in the morning and just been like yeah the dogs have freaked out something's out there we got to go have a look and you have to immediately assume oh, is there somebody you know, out trying to nick the cars or get to any of the tools in the workshop. But it's it's just strange watching these dogs freak out the way they do. Yeah. Uh, it's usually, un- well, it's unusually do- – I mean, dogs don't get frightened very easily, do they? No. And these, they're usually, like, pretty on guard. Like, if even if, it's like, a car they don't really recognize is idling up the driveway, they'll be onto it. But, yeah, there's been a couple times where they just – sort of the two that live downstairs will sort of get real close to each other and just kind of like bark and whimper and not want to go near the doors. Yeah, and then right. the dog that lives upstairs is just not having it. He'll just jump on my mate's bed 
and get like as low down onto his chest as he can and just sort of like be real defensive of his dad. (laughs) But there's some definitely some weird stuff up there. I think like the main one where I'd say, like I would say with like certainty, something strange was following us would be the basin. Yeah. Like that was, that really got us. <laughs> that got us pretty good. <laughs> it sounds like it, and I don't blame you. That would have been yeah. really frightening. Really frightening. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I know Jesse, had, when he was on the program before, he was talking about how he heard one speak. And that yes. if there's language, like Jesse's saying, that Jesse, he said before, they have to have some resemblance of culture. And to do that, you'd need some sort of, like, level of intelligence and I, I believe him because whatever chased us, like it, it wasn't just trying to grab us and it wasn't just trying to scare us off. Like it was messing with us. Yeah. And, and that's what's so that? much, that's what's so terrifying. It's, it's yeah. perhaps less terrifying if it's, if it's a, I mean, it's still terrifying if it's, you know, if you lived in the States and there was a, a, a grizzly bear charging at you, chasing you, that's still terrifying because they can obviously rip you to shreds. But, uh, but the fact that it's something, intelligent enough to play with you i think that's <laughs> you needed a new yeah. pair of underpants i reckon <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> <laughs> absolutely you remembered a couple of other things that happened up at the property at your friend's property yeah, yeah. so we used to ride like motorcycles around just dirt bikes uh at night up around there and every now and then we'd sort of go off into the remoter parts after a few times with the dogs getting spooked and just things like that, we started starting to, you know, like trying to not so much investigate, just sort of be out there and listen for stuff. And one night we had just sort of stacked these big three rocks up and we were just like sort of calling out like, Oh, you know, if there's anything there, could you turn these into a triangle for us? And just, just a little, little things like that. And we left the next day on a Friday. I'd gone back to Sydney and my mate who owns the property had as well. And I'd stayed the week in Sydney. He'd come back up on the Monday and he sent me a photo and said, did you do this? And I just looked at the photo and it was the most perfect, big, spread out triangle you've ever seen. We were like, all right, that's a bit strange. (laughs) <laughs> so they were so they were in the form of a triangle on the ground or stacked up? Um, no, we'd stacked them up and then he'd gone up there like on the Monday and there they were, spread out perfectly. And we tried to stack them back up and see if we could sort of replicate it in case like a pony walked over it or just something and knocked it off. But they were just way too big and far apart for it to have just been a coincidence. So we were like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty um, cool. Since then, there were a couple of times where my friend had woken me up hearing stuff walking around. And there was one night, the dogs were real scared. We went out with torches and we could hear something on the really long driveway into his property. There's a big, dense tree line that follows it down. And we were sitting there with the torches, sort of apprehensive of getting too close because we could hear something walking around in it. And it it was real slow, but sounded, again, big and bipedal. So we sort of didn't mess with it too much. We weren't about to go running in there, but we had to check it out because we thought if that's, again, a burglar or something, you know, we we need to, to know. Little things like that. Then there was one night I had gone off uh, by myself up the gully at like midnight. And I don't know how the hell I did that because that place is terrifying at night. And I'd just been you know, messing around, asking if there's anything there and sort of like provoking something to happen. And something huge, again, came running down the gully. Like I could hear big, big footsteps and pushing trees apart, coming down the hill. And as soon as I heard it get reasonably close, I was gone. I was straight back to the house. I told my mate, he jumped up out of bed. We went like back to the same spot and we could hear something along like the top of the ridge line, just slowly walking away. How did you 
So it was something huge coming through and you reckoned it was bipedal. Yeah, that well, something was running down the hill on two when legs. I was up there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can tell when it's you can tell when it's one of the horses, like the little ponies, but nah, this definitely didn't sound like that. Did the ground did you feel the ground moving? Or, or yeah. Was it, it, yeah, like you could you could hear it and you could just feel it coming down the hill. And it, that mm. one spooked me pretty good. I I was zooming back to the house. <laughs> how then, how big you would would you reckon something like to make that sort of noise? How heavy might it have to be? You'd you'd have to be pretty big, way heavier than me, for mm. sure. Like it, whatever it was, it was pretty large. Like you could hear it smashing smashing down the hill. So after like a few of those weird things, I had told Jesse this next story because I just thought it was weird, but he knew about like that, those sort of things that had happened, just hearing things walking around. And then something happened at the house. Now, I don't know whether these two are linked, but there was one night where the house is on four levels. So up the top, the only way to get there is through a very sort of pinched staircase with rooms on either side and then a balcony on the like only one side of the house at the very top level i was in bed just with my door half open i was just facing away from the doorway and the light in the room just sort of dimmed and i could hear somebody standing in my doorway and then sort of walking around on like the top floor in the sort of um, hallway at the top. And I immediately thought, oh, it's my friend. He's in the room across. He's probably just found a bit of phone reception and he's just trying to get a signal. He's standing in my doorway. I can't be bothered. I just want to you know, try and get to sleep. And then I get a text on my phone saying, is that you outside? Is that is that like you in the hallway messing around? And as soon as I read that, I was just like, what the hell? I get another message and he's saying, the dog is on my chest and he's shaking scared. Is, it, <laughs> is that you? And I was like, what? There's no way that that was anybody else because there's also a dog gate that's set up at the staircase, like at the top, so that the, the dog that stays upstairs, he can be a little rowdy and he can, if he gets out, he chases the horses and it takes so long to get him back. So they just try and keep him upstairs. So for something to come up, it would have had to make a bit of a racket for us to hear it. So as you sent me that message about the dog, there's another dog that sleeps downstairs on the landing. That dog and another one that sleeps another like floor down in the house, they start howling like they are terrified. And I hear something come from outside of my room, like bang, 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 down the stairs and then mess around on the landing and then just disappear. And the dogs were terrified. So we straight away thought, again, like, first things first, it could be an intruder. We walked around the house, made a bunch of racket getting through the gate, which you should have been able to hear if anything was going to run from that hallway uh, down the stairs, and nothing. Searched the whole house, nothing. So, Was it an old house? <laughs> it is, yeah. Like an it's old? probably like. I think if it's got four stories, it's probably an old, old mansion or something. It's it's not really a mansion. It's just uh, built sort of facing on an angle off of a hill. So you've got like a small upstairs area and then oh. the next two sort of, they angled down the hill. Yeah. But it was 100% I heard somebody in that hallway and then I heard somebody run down those stairs. So I have no idea what the hell could have gotten in the house. There's no, no way that anybody would be able to without us hearing from either of the entrances. And does your yeah. friend know anything about the, the history of the house? Did they build a house or was it there? No, no, no. It's an old house that they bought and they've just been doing like renovations on. Yeah, right. That's really interesting. Yeah. So it sounds like there might be might be some spirits in that house. Yeah, well, I told <laughs> Justin, he was like, mate, it sounds like sounds like yowie activity. Yeah, well, but, could be yowie, could be spirit. I don't know. I've I've talked to quite a few people who are, who see spirits lately, so I'm I'm my mind is opening to that world as well. Uh, yeah. But that's um, 
That's really interesting. And you've only ever heard that that once? But, yeah, that's the only time something like that has happened to me while I've been up there. And but, what about your mate? No, he hasn't heard anything like that either. But that one was just usually like creaking and stuff for an old house. You, you can tell. But there was somebody there in that in that hallway, in my door frame, and then running down those stairs. I don't know how they got up there without making a sound, but something was in the house. And, and the something dogs that knew was it too because the they dogs. were terrified. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, it, got, it obviously got past the dogs if there's a dog sleeping on the landings. Well, it's whatever. When it ran down the stairs, it spooked the dog at the bottom pretty bad. But to, to even get up there in the first place, it would have had to go past the dogs, I'm assuming. So Yeah. And the only other way to come in is through my room that I sleep in when I'm up there that has the balcony on the outside. So God knows how it did that. <laughs> Something didn't climb in the window while you're asleep. No, I hope not. Yeah. But then you said, <laughs> was your door, was the bedroom door open or closed? So the bedroom door to the hallway was open, but then there's another glass door to go out to the balcony. Uh-huh. And that one I lock. I just instinctively just lock it before I get into bed. So there's no way something could have opened that up from the outside. Yeah. How but, interesting. And you, did you get a, you didn't get any feeling of good or evil, bad vibes? No, I was just, I was just like, how the, what the hell? As soon as I read that message, I was just freaked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't blame you. I would have gone, oh my God, no. That's it. Yeah, if you're sending that my me mate a... is next to me and then getting a text yes. from him saying, what the hell are you doing out there? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would suddenly, I think my blood would run cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool, really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you told me that one. So with, yeah. your, with your friend uh, who has that property, let me know if anything further happens. I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, you talk to any of the old boys up there and heaps of them have stories really? about this sort of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. all through the Hunter there's people that just – swear that there's something else living out there. Or well, next time you talk to someone, if anybody, if you can ask them if they would talk to me and come on Yowie Central, I would be very grateful. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Any, I'd love to talk to anyone who's got, got stories like that. It's, it's such a fascinating <laughs> subject. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I will relay them straight to you if I hear about it. Well, thank you. Thank you again. It's been really nice chatting to you. Yeah, nice, nice to chat to you too. Thank you for having me on. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. We'll have to have a catch-up beer with Jesse T one day. Oh, of course. <laughs> That'd be He's nice. He's got all the knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Lovely man. And that was Tom with his scary Yowie encounters. Remember, if you've had an encounter with a Yowie or you've seen a ghost or you've had scary UFO experiences or any other weird stuff, get in touch with me via yowiecentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group. And that's about all we have time for this week, my friends. Yowie Central will be back next week, same time, same place, on 94.9 Main FM. I'll catch you next week. Out in the cold, out in the dark Something's lurking at the edge of the park People be warned, people beware There's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair Hear him cry, hear him howl Looking for someone to disembowel Claws like a hook, eyes like coal Feet so big they're gonna crush your soul They call him Sasquatch
rich Your pretty young thing Better hide the glint of your diamond ring Your fancy jacket won't be worth a dime When you're sucking the blood right out of your spine Hearing cry, hearing howl Looking for someone to disembowel Claws like a hook, eyes like coal Feet so big they're gonna crush your soul Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.